0: Whether you're a team leader, a project manager, or running your own business, delegating effectively is crucial, but often it's easier said than done. In today's episode, we'll explore common hurdles like trust issues, communication breakdowns, and the art of letting go without losing control. So join us as we answer your burning questions and provide practical tips to enhance your delegation skills, ensuring your team success and your own peace of mind. Hello, and welcome to Water Cooler Wisdom. I'm your host, Jake Blocker, and I'm bringing you a new series within our podcast that we call Ask IA. At Interaction Associates, we host a number of webinars throughout the year. We get literally hundreds of questions, and unfortunately, we are not able to answer all of them during these webinars. So insert the series of episodes within Watercooler Wisdom. Today's topic is one of the most popular webinars. It's, it's around delegation. I see this as such a unique challenge for leaders or really anyone looking to delegate. We all know how important it is, but it's always at the bottom of our radar. So how can we overcome this? So I'll be diving into this today with my two guests, who also happen to be the host of our webinar on this very topic. The first being Chris Williams. Welcome, Chris. How are you doing today? Hey, Jay. Good to see you. Glad to be here today. Chris is the Chief Operating Officer for Interaction Associates He has quite a bit of experience managing teams and individuals. His background includes over 15 years in the professional services space and business operations, recruiting, business development, and research. Prior work includes strategy, consulting for Fortune 500 clients. Additionally, Chris is a workshop leader for IA and has delivered training for clients including Amazon Robotics, Credit Human, the CDC, Gilead Sciences, Wellington Management Company, and more. Vivian is our other guest, Vivian Power. Hello, Vivian.
1: Hi, good to be here.
0: Glad to see you. All right, Vivian has over 20 years of experience designing, facilitating, and leading global talent and leadership development programs. She's engaged in every aspect of the program development from needs assessment, design, and implementation. Vivian has designed and delivered custom training programs and coach individuals and leaders in career and leadership development. Additionally. Vivian is a Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Certified, NLP and Coaching Institute Certified, and Positive Intelligence Coach. think I got it all. Didn't miss anything. I think that covers it. Thanks, Jake. Good, good. Of course. All right. So let's, let's get right into it. But before I get into the questions that were submitted, I want to ask you all, why is delegation so difficult? What's that challenge that people are having?
2: Yeah, you know, that's such a good question, Jake. I think for me um the challenge as a leader is that there's so many things that are going on in a given week. I mean leadership has gotten really challenging the last 10-15 years. There's just every week you've got tons of priorities. Not only are you trying to manage your own work, but you're really trying to manage the work through others that I think delegation just takes a back seat. We know that it's that important vehicle, but it it's it goes to the back of the bus. It's just not a priority in our week to week. And so I think because we de-emphasize the time and focus around it, it just gets, it, it doesn't get the investment and really the time that is necessary. So that's my perspective is just that leaders don't put enough time into delegation. It's not that they don't want to delegate. It's really that they just are not disciplined enough to sit down, think strategically and really carve out time to make it happen on a consistent basis.
0: Makes total sense. I, I, I feel that. I felt that in my heart. <laughs> what about you, Vivian?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, as you said and in introduced us, delegation is a skill and it's a leadership skill and it's not natural for us. We have grown our careers to be experts in whatever we're in. So the thought of handing it over to someone else is just not natural. And I think with Chris, what Chris said is like, you're trying to balance all these different things And if anything falls through the cracks, it comes back to you. So it's very risky and challenging. And um, I really do agree. You know, you have to have intention behind it. And you're not just looking at the results you produce, but you got to look at the people that are you're going to delegate to, whether it's your direct reports or others within the organization. You have to invest the time. So it's a risk.
0: It is. It is. We we are risk averse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's get into this first question. And this one, I really feel I this is probably my biggest excuse. Uh, so, I want to ask, how do you overcome the the do it myself mindset? Uh, I'm a busy person, so it saves time to just do it, and I'll do it. And it, a caveat to this one too is. I feel like with AI, it's kind of adds another layer to this, to this question. Uh, you know, AI, it's supposed to make everything easier, but I think leaders are going to start using, if they haven't already start using this as a crutch to say, well, I have AI so I can do it. So what are your thoughts around that? I'll start with you, Chris.
2: Yeah, I love that question. Um, particularly the aspect around AI, because I do feel that AI puts up this interesting kind of wall where you have all these amazing tools where the AI can assist you and you can do things five times, 10 times faster than you could before, especially if you're in a creative space or you're writing. And so you're like, well, why would would I take an hour or two out of my day to delegate a writing assignment to someone else when ChatGPT can do it and literally less time it takes me to write the prompt? (laughs) <laughs> right? Yes. It, it's, it's a little bit, it's a, I mean, I say that kind of in a ludicrous standpoint, but it, it can be a little bit true depending on the type of role you're doing. So, um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to our own mindset. And I think we really have to shift our mindset from this mindset of immediacy. Like, what do I need to do in the next few hours or few days? And we really have to take a longer term viewpoint of where do I want to be? Where do I want my organization or my employees to be in more of that six month to a year timeframe? And I think that longer term mindset can really be useful of what you said, Jake, um, overcoming the do it myself Mm -hmm. because it gets you out of the trap of really believing that you yourself as the leader can do everything Mm -hmm. because that's the biggest lie in modern America. Like you, we have this, you know it's all in our culture everything in america is like well you can do it americans are individual and self sufficient <laughs> and it 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 really you know it's it's funny but it shows up in our workplace we work really long hours really hard hours and we feel like we can just do it all and at the end of the day that's that's false we we all have limits of time and energy and focus and so I think you've got to take the long term view. That that's really my first uh, perspective about how do you overcome that do it yourself mindset. And it's really about looking out in the future and saying how am I not only building myself and focusing strategically, but how am I building others on the team as well? So that longer term viewpoint.
0: I love that. Yeah, what's my team going to look like in six months? Or what do I want them to look like to be our best best possible self? I like that outlook. What about you, Vivian? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think immediately, as Chris was saying, long term, you know, it's like short term pain for a long term gain. Right. And I think that whole shift of, you know, do it myself. I mean, there is a true transition for when you're an individual contributor to when you become a manager to when you become a leader. And, you know, your perspective of when you're in management and leadership and you're responsible for people under you that it's, uh, it's really important that you look, your focus becomes about them. I mean, really mm-hmm. really what Chris was saying. And I always think the easy way to delegate is, you know, if I don't have that skill, oh, yeah, I'm going to definitely delegate that to someone because that's a no-brainer. Or if I do have the skill and I think I could do it better, I have to let go of that. And then, you know, for me, it's about uh, really understanding, like, The only way I got to where I am today is because somebody gave me the opportunity Mm -hmm. and I have to really, it's what Chris said, it's a mindset. It's that you just have to commit to your team and to the company. And if you're, you know, if you want to grow, you want to grow as a leader, but if you want your team to grow, they have to grow in their capability and skills. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. I love, I love that. There's two things that kind of, um, I want to kind of touch on one is you said, if I don't have that skill, I'm definitely gonna delegate it to someone, right? So it's all about you as a leader, Don't you're not an expert in everything. Often there's others on your team that can do something better than you. For example, I'm not a great graphic designer, uh, but I know Jake is an amazing graphic designer. So if there's something artistic or creative, I'm gonna put that on somebody who is more of the artistic creative person. So that's one thing is like delegating Things that you're not good at, I think sometimes we believe that, oh, I'm not good at it. I'm just going to offload that work to someone. But oftentimes, oftentimes we forget that there's lots of people that like the type of work that we don't like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, if, whether it's data analysis or creative work, there's somebody in the organization that likes doing that type of work. I guarantee it. So it's really about matching up and finding like, mm-hmm. what type of work do they like and how can I match up their interest. And also their potential and really have those be a marriage of capability and skill development. And then the longer term thing you said, Viv, I really like is about, you know, you're you're coaching, you're developing other people. And Jake, to your point, uh, many of us would not be in our current position unless somebody gave us an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So delegation is an amazing development or growth opportunity. Um, And I think in the marketplace, it should be seen much more like that than it is where often you you see the excuses of, oh, it takes so much time or uh, I'm not good at it versus the really the focus is more on growth and development, Mm -hmm. because that's really the power of delegation is how do you grow people kind of incrementally a long term? I think one last thing I'll say is just imagine if you were a leader and you had a team of 10 people that you could delegate to, right? If you can improve each of those people's capability by 10%, they were 10% more productive. They had 10% more skill than they did at the beginning of the year. That's effectively like gaining one additional person on your team. Yeah. Right. And so you, you can think of it that way as well about, you know, how do I incrementally grow people in different ways? And actually your team collectively is able to take on much more than, uh, if they didn't have that growth and that possibility.
1: I love that, Chris. And I went to, okay, I'm not a math person. I always defer to others on my team in the company to help. But I went to 10 X, as you were saying, you got 10 people on your team, you grow them, you know, at at one times, like we're going to 10 X every, you know, collectively. And I think that's a great, Uh, perspective of you is like, not just you're growing, but everyone on your team is growing and collectively. Mm -hmm. That other uh, other statistic I was reading about, and it was with a Gallup study around um, CEOs and that how critical delegation is, that you could actually increase your revenue uh, by 33% by just developing uh, people, and so your growth and expansion of your business, it it makes total sense to focus on delegation if you want to grow uh, your business. So,
0: I love that developmental piece of it because I, I feel like as leaders we we know that in the back of our minds, but it's forgotten. It, it's the uh, it's we think first kind of ourselves selfishly of. I, I don't want to do this anymore, or I, I don't have the time for this. So let me just offload it. And then the developmental piece of it is very, very much secondary. Um, it's just, uh, I check the box here onward to the next phase of my life. <laughs> so it's just a, just a get, hand it off and forget it. So I love that you're pointing out that development piece and how necessary it is to, for the long term of your, of your team. Yeah.
2: I think um, there's actually a really interesting quote from Brian Tracy, who's kind of this, he's kind of a sales master, a sales trainer out there in the world. And so Brian Tracy says, he has this quote about uh, kind of the old way and the new way of leadership. So the old way of thinking is myself as a leader, I'm just going to do it myself uh, because I know the job will get done well. Mm. Right. And so there's a limit to that. The new way of thinking is I'm going to delegate to the level of precision so that the work gets done to the level of standard that I expect. Mm. And I really love that because it frees up the leader from this false belief that they have to do all the work themselves, right? They're so important. The task is so important that they have to do everything. And it really puts the emphasis on the process of delegation, not only picking the appropriate task, but the appropriate person and also the appropriate way of conveying the delegation assignment, because it really sets it up as if I give someone the right instructions and the right support and the right time, I'm not giving up my standard. You can still have standards as a leader when you delegate. So I think that's an important mindset and shift that as leaders we can think about. Yeah.
1: They could even do it quicker or even faster or more innovative or creative than you can. And so if we don't give them that opportunity, uh, then we will never know. And so that's, yeah. I love what you said, Chris.
0: Yeah. So let's, uh, let's assume the manager, whoever, insert name here, has given their task. They, they've done their delegation. So let's, let me move to this question here and say, uh, when you give something to someone to do with a set date and it isn't completed, how do you build trust without constantly checking in? Uh, Vivian, I'll start with you this time.
1: Yes, this is such a great question because that is part of that risk factor of when you're delegating, you just don't know what's going to come back, if it's going to come back in the way that you want it to. But I think it's one of the conversations that we talk about when we teach our management classes around setting clear expectations up front and expectations is a big word it's not just about what's the goal or what's the deliverable but it's really understanding you know what your expectations are when you are delegating that assignment Uh, How do you want to communicate with each other? How regularly do you want to communicate when you are meeting with each other? uh, What kind of updates are you going to share with each other? It's a two-way conversation when you're setting up expectations right at the beginning and making sure that you're level set on the results, the process, and how you're going to work together.
2: Yeah,
0: I love that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, I like what you said, Viv, around kind of the, the milestones, right, of the assignment. It's, it's more than just the outcome. Oftentimes when we think about delegation, we think strictly on, well, what do we want to achieve? Which is good. That's where we should start, but we need to work backwards from there too. And we need to think about what's the buffer that we have here, right? So as a leader, one of the, one of the worst things you can do, I'll say one of the worst things and I'll give you, I'll give you kind of a good example. One of the worst things you can do is delegating an assignment to someone where the due date is literally the day before you as the leader ultimately have to have that completed (laughs) because you leave no room for margin and you leave no room for coaching or working together to, you know, get the final product. And so as a leader, it's really about stepping backwards and saying, how do I leave room for margin? Not only if the employee doesn't complete it, but also to really work together to finesse this because oftentimes when we're delegating we're delegating things that are kind of a stretch or kind of a push to someone maybe they haven't done this before they don't know the exact output necessarily i mean we've hopefully described it for them but that margin is really really important as well as the key milestones and so i really like to think about a project in phases so instead of just giving the final deadline, how can you break it up into smaller components? What's the phase one? What's the phase two? What's the phase three? And then what are the reporting or status milestones that you can bake in along the way? If it's a six month assignment, I would wanna have a standing you know, meeting at the end of every month, maybe part of my one-on-one meeting for five minutes, where my expectation would be the employee comes in and for five minutes they share how they're doing against the project plan. You know they're ahead of schedule. They're behind schedule. They have a challenge. They have a roadblock. They need more resources. That's a great way to coach and develop people. So you're doing it incrementally. You're working together versus often the um, description I hear of leaders is they have an assignment, they throw it over their shoulder, mm-hmm. and then they're waiting. You know they're going to catch it at the very end, the last minute, and that's just not an effective way to set up your your long term success.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like the. I love the phased approach. It makes me think of too. Like I, I'm gonna go a little off script here and ask another question for you all that popped up. So when does a delegated task become a project? What's What's that line that you cross before it becomes a? You know, I'm gonna to have to do a phased approach. Versus, here's a Teams message to you.
2: Yeah, good question, Jake. So I like to think about if there are multiple deliverables involved. It sounds like it's more of a project. Mm. Right, So if it's like a simple one thing where you literally can convey the task to someone in a Teams message um, or Slack message, and that person would kind of nod and understand, that's more of a quick task where it's probably not going to take that long for that person. Mm -hmm. But if the deliverable is something longer where there's some sort of output that's expected, maybe it's a report, maybe it's some sort of quality standard if it's something new that the person has never done before, I would consider that more of a project. Even if you as the leader might think, oh, that's a simple task. It takes me an hour. Well, the first time someone does it, it may take them five hours. Yeah. And so it may be a task from your own perspective, but from their perspective, it may be more of a project. So you have to kind of think of it that way. Like, how is this employee going to interpret this? How long is it actually going to take them? How much setup do I need? And so if it's more extensive and there's multiple deliverables, that's that's kind of my litmus test of like, okay, this is more of a longer term project than it is as like a quick task that someone can do in, in, a, in a very brief
0: amount of time. Yeah, that makes sense. Vivian, anything to add there?
1: Yeah, I love, I, I mean, what I was hearing Chris saying was uh, kind of putting yourself in the, the person's shoes to whom you're delegating. And you kind of have to feel it out. We each have different ways to get the work done. And some might be more comfortable and be quicker. And then others, it may take a little bit longer and it goes back to that long-term gain. You know, if you're gonna be a coach and develop this person, you need to be flexible in how you uh, guide them to success. And I like to say it that way because, you know, people are gonna make mistakes, they may get stuck. Nobody, I mean, everyone we assume is coming in to do their best work. So as a leader, you know, we want to make sure we encourage that and enable that. But I'm going to kind of switch a little bit because I think of task and project and back to AI. It's so easy for AI to be assigned a task and be done right away. But I think our work that we do at IA is around the human Element Right. So things that we think assume we can get done in a week, it's because we're building like buy in or, you know, having inviting other people in to contribute to the project or the end result. And that takes time. So even though the task may seem like, oh, that should get done in 24 hours, just have that conversation. It's multidimensional when you add in the human factor. And so. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to, to, to yeah. take that into account.
2: Yeah. yeah. Super hard. Especially if you're, if you're delegating something where the person you're delegating to has to interact with a variety of stakeholders. Mm-hmm. That's something I personally have experienced. Like in my early part of the career, I was delegated things by my manager at the time. And I think my manager actually under emphasized mm-hmm. how much work it was going to take. Like my manager was like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this is so easy. Like you should be able to do this. And I was like, I've never dealt with that department before. Like, I don't, I didn't understand that, like, they're not super responsive, right? It, it takes them a week to get back to you via email. So there are these things that we learn in our career along the way, um, almost via osmosis or experiences, but we start to learn like, okay, I'm working with two, three, four different divisions. I'm working with this stakeholder. You really, you have to set your timeframes very differently and your expectations very differently because not only are you managing the, your own work but sometimes you're as the as the project leader maybe that you got delegated to you're you're delegating work to others in the organization so there's this cascading effect and it makes it harder and harder and so really stepping back a little bit and thinking like where do i leave that room for margin yeah. what's the communication that i need and then really it comes down to agreement building i mean this is a this is a key element um one of the phrases i really I hear often from our consultants at Interaction Associates is this concept of agreement building. And we say that building an agreement is the currency of collaboration. And I really love that yeah. because if you if you stop and slow down and you think about it, what Viv is saying is very true. Like AI can't touch the human element. And so if we're going to collaborate with other people, it really does come down to agreement building. Like how clear are we? And stronger, we are building very explicit, very clear agreements mm-hmm. where we're working together. We're making sure we understand each other's expectations. We're leaving margin for error. We're giving each other feedback and coaching along the way. That's that human element that I don't think AI is able to touch mm-hmm. currently. AI <laughs> is amazing. Currently. Yeah, it might give in it the a future. Day. I mean, who knows? <laughs> a, yeah, give it, give it a year from now. It might be able to do that. But right now... AI is very powerful if you give it a specific task, right? But if you had AI and you said, AI, I want you to manage this six-month project with these 10 stakeholders, and I want you to convene the meetings and facilitate the conversation and make sure the deliverables are done. I don't think AI could do that. And I I would really challenge any of the AI creators out there (laughs) to create a model that could do that effectively, because that is a human element that it it takes a lot of art. That's the art of of management and leadership. Mm -hmm.
0: AI developers are listening right now yeah, to other yes. AI and taking note and doing that as we speak. <laughs> uh, I, I want to go one last question here and uh, kind of full circle when we're talking about that time management piece of, of delegation. Uh, what are some techniques to get you to slow down and remember to delegate, even in times of urgency and escalation, which we're right as we're recording? This is Q4 a lot of us are feeling that urgency, <laughs> escalation, do everything for the holidays. <laughs> what, what advice would you give? What techniques? Uh, Chris, let's, you want to start it off?
2: Yeah, so this is a really good question. So um, one way I think about this is it, it goes back to that intentionality. Like, how do I really carve out time? So as a leader, one of the, one of the key skills to becoming uh, an effective leader is really about ruthless prioritization. So Every week, as a practice that I do, I have some quiet time on Monday morning where I I sit down and I look at my all the to do list. I scan my inbox. I look at all the meetings that come that are going to occur in the next four weeks, and I really think about if I had to build a list of only four to five things to accomplish this week, what would they be? And I write down those priorities, and I'm really thinking about tasks that only I can do right? So that keeps you at a strategic level. And then it's easier to shift gears and to think about, okay, what are all the other things on my to-do list now that are not in that top five, but are still important to do? Someone's got to do them, either myself or a report of mine. Those are great opportunities to think about delegation. So I think it is just this habitual practice about thinking through your list uh, choosing the right person. We've touched a little bit on that, but the how oftentimes is is um, conveyed in delegation, but the who is really important. Like who is the right person to do this job? And that helps you get out in front of it and to think longer term where, yes, it's Q4 now. Maybe there's something that I need done by the middle of next quarter. That would be a perfect delegation type activity that I might want to start thinking about. And then my next one-on-one with that employee might sit down and float the idea past. Like, hey, I've got this really interesting idea. It's a project that's been on my list for a long time. I just haven't gotten to it. And honestly, I think you're better suited for this than me. I think you've got the interest. I think you've got the skill. I see this as a learning opportunity. Like, I want to share that with you. Is that okay? And actually get the employee's permission and then have that collaborative conversation about the about the um, particular task or project. So that's how I would think about it is really just almost make it an habitual practice at that weekly level. Um, if you can't get the weekly level at a minimum, I suggest monthly. So, you know, is there is there an hour block on your calendar you can set every month that's reoccurring where you call it, you know, delegation time? And you're literally just mentally going through a list of employees thinking like, have I delegated anything to this person in the last six months? And if the answer is no, that's the opportunity to say, okay, maybe I need a conversation with them. Maybe I need to really think about how I can up the ante in that re- in that regard.
0: I like that a lot. Schedule some time for it. I, I, I can see my calendar invite to myself now. Delegation time, all caps. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. great. I, well, I ideas, know so.
1: Chris is a, a master at being efficient and on execution. So I can't I'm gonna I take what he says and I'm gonna have to block time on my calendar as well. <laughs> but I think for me, you know, there's many projects and tasks that are going on, and I, I like to look at Things at the beginning of the week that I can push through and help get done uh, to move things forward. I always want momentum moving forward. And it and sometimes things take longer than I want or I expect. Um, so each week I need to see where we're behind. Um, but I would say as a practice for me, you know, it, it isn't weekly but quarterly. I need to see because most of my projects are moving I call it moving mountains. They're not just little things, but I'm actually, there's multiple stakeholders, multiple processes that are embedded in it. And it's like, I got to make sure we're moving forward. And it goes back to Chris. It's like building agreements, whether we're renegotiating a timeline, renegotiating who's going to be on it, renegotiating a contract between my manager and myself to get the work done. So yes, uh, taking that time to make conscious choices.
0: I like it a lot. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of this. And uh, as I finish up, let me encourage everyone to carve delegation time into their calendar right now while they have the chance and it's top of mind. Uh, And I also want to take this time to thank Chris and Vivian. Thank you very much for joining us today. And I, I feel like there's more to come on this topic specifically. You touched on how or who to delegate to that's such a big big item there i'd love to dig deeper into another time so much more to come thank you both for joining today and uh yeah i'm gonna close it off here
1: thank you jake
0: great thank
2: you for having us jake this was super fun and definitely an important topic so yes thanks jake so much take care chris really appreciate the time thank you so much
0: all right thank you see ya thanks for listening to water cooler wisdom This podcast is brought to you by Interaction Associates, a leading professional development and leadership training organization whose mission is to help people work better together. If you'd like to learn more, visit interactionassociates.com. If you have questions, comments, or are interested in collaborating with this podcast, you can email us at watercoolerwisdom at interactionassociates.com.